Hi everyone, my name is CMAC and this is my Geosynthetics podcast. So welcome to this episode guys, I have a special guest today uh, and I have Ryan Hackney. So um, thank you Ryan for your yeah, time, thank uh, you for speaking having... with me and uh, my audience today. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. No worries. Um, so Ryan, I want to start with um, the first question about your career. So. As far as I know, you come from the UK, yep. uh, somehow new to Australia, but uh, acclimatizing <laughs> so. a bit. Yep, so. yep. But yeah, you have had uh, lots of experience in the GCTX world. And uh, yeah, if you can just tell us about uh, your career as a brief um, to start with. Yeah, okay. So um, my, my career, um, I'm one of those people who uh, whose whole career has, has been involved in geosynthetics. So um, it all started back in uh, 2007. So. I finished university in 2006, um, finished a bachelor's in geology, uh, and then my aim was to then go on to a master's degree in engineering geology, but I, I either missed the deadline or the course was too full, so I had to wait a year before um, before being able to sort of uh, carry on with my, my academics. Um, so um, one of my friends were, was traveling to Spain at the time and said, do you want to come along? He was doing a little bit of renovation work there. so. I spent about six months in Spain, and then uh, we came back for Christmas, and um, I was I was then looking for jobs online and, and just seeing what was available, just to time it over for those uh, six months until my, my, my course would start again that September. So yeah, I was Googling and I found uh, a local job at a laboratory that wasn't too far from where I lived, and, and the description was uh, a geosynthetic testing lab, so it involved sampling and testing geosynthetics. So, I'd never heard of geosynthetics at the time, so went onto Google and had a quick look, and, and, and the first thing that came up um, was a, a Wikipedia article, so clicked on there and had a little bit of read about what a geomembrane was, and a geotextile, geogrid, etc. Um, and that gave me a little bit of background, went to the interview, and then luckily got the job, so uh, thanks Wikipedia for that. Um, and then, yeah, so I started with the lab um, at that time in January 2007. Um, and yeah, I remember my, my first day, I was um, punching out geomembrane seam tests, so the, the 25mm thick yes. uh, tabs that you do the peel and shear assessments on, and it was all cutting those out manually with a manual guillotine, um, which was a bit of a nightmare to be honest, but um, things progressed um, from, from there. And then that first week, I remember conducting uh, carbon black tests in furnaces and operating universal test machines and thought, yes, yeah, this, this is pretty neat, I, I like this. And yeah. it's sort of, I enjoyed science at school and sort of being in the lab at school. So yeah, I um, that, that six months turned into 11 years. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so there, I spent, spent 11 years at that, that, um, that specific laboratory and sort of uh, matured into a more, more senior role and managing the lab and looking after the quality system. So I saw 17025 accreditations for laboratories and, and I saw 9001 accreditation. I managed all of those systems and then had the opportunity to bring more, more testing in-house. So um, obviously looking into new equipment and uh, had the opportunity to develop uh, new methodologies. So uh, yeah, those, those 11 years quickly passed by. And, I was fortunate enough to be able to still be able to do my master's course whilst at working as well. So I managed to do that on a part-time basis and um, uh, 
uh, yeah, I managed to carry on working at the same time. So I sort of had the advantage of both worlds, I guess, being able to work and, and, and study at the same time. So it was very. And it was the topic was around geosynthetics. Yeah, well, it was engineering geology. So um, I, I sort of took a bit away from that. And um, I guess one of the main things uh, at the time is that the lab I, I was working at, we, we didn't get into any shear testing at the time. Okay. And, and then from what I took from university and, and sort of looking at, at shear strength analysis, um, I was able to then bring that knowledge into the lab and purchase shear box and then and then start carrying out interface shear testing. So the first 11 years was back in the UK? Back in the UK, yeah, that's and right. since 2017, 2018? 2018, so um, yeah, I, I got to a period in my career and I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll have a look around and sort of what, what's the next step, what's the next challenge, what's what's a, the next natural progression and yeah, I found, I found this role that was um, still laboratory based but it was more geared towards research and development so it's exactly where I wanted to be and sort of fortunate to come across that and then yeah, flew over to Australia, had a had an interview, um, spent two days here, flew back to the UK so I was a bit tired for, the, yeah. for that week but yeah, a, a very worthwhile trip and yeah, we've been in Australia now for um, three years looking after the, the research and development laboratory and yeah brought my family here and my wife always complained about the UK weather so uh, <laughs> she's happy yeah, now. she's happy <laughs> now yeah can't complain that's good that's good no perfect and then I think Gold Coast is one of the best places in Australia as well yes it's not a bad place to be exactly exactly so and um, doing a job you love so oh yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. So Ryan, um, you mentioned about your laboratory work and being always um, involved with testing, different yep. types of geosynthetics testing. Yep. So what sort of um, testing do you do on a daily basis or now that you're more into research and development, what sort of testing do you do? Yeah, I mean, it, I guess it all started sort of when I was working back at the independent lab. You, you have exposure to the full array of geosynthetic materials. So all the existing ones we know of and then new ones that have been developed in the background and, and sort of been been um, been involved with uh, international manufacturers and international projects you get exposure to international specifications and international test standards as well so I got good exposure to ASTMs and ISOs and DIN methods and, and Australian standards and you get a good understanding for uh, a tensile test is not just a tensile test or a, a mass test is not just a mass test that there are some slight changes between how the different standards have um, been written and um, so yeah it, it's been a good background to sort of understand internationally how, how geosynthetics are tested and and that not to always classify them as always technically equivalent so that, that sort of covered um, sort of index-based tests um, in the past, so um, typical physical and mechanical and hydraulic type tests where tests are ran to a specific, specific set of conditions and, and you're, you're looking for a specific outcome to meet a specification. Uh, and, then, and then sort of as, as things progress and you get involved with more um, site-specific testing, then yeah, um, you start to look at um, now, now more so is how geosynthetics interact with with a specific environment. So, um, more more performance based type testing um, that, that I get involved with now. So, taking site specific soils and site specific pore waters and liquids and liquors and leachates and um, aggregates and, and seeing how they interact with geosynthetics with with site specific conditions. It's, it's really interesting to to see how how they're challenged and what the limitations are. 
having that background in the full range of geosynthetic uh, materials and tests and see because in the lab you're usually testing these materials to destruction um, most of the time you, you get to know what the uh, what the limitations of materials are and it, it helps you understand how to maybe um, better a product by understanding how, how they perform so um, yeah those, those site specific tests that's that's something I'm heavily involved with at the minute so shear testing under specific loads with specific soils that are conditioned to a specific way or protection efficiency testing of geomembranes where we take specific aggregates and, and looking at how specific particle size distributions and angularities uh, affect um, the strain on the geomembrane with certain types of geotextiles as well uh, continuous filaments and staple fibers that behave quite differently so we get a really good understanding of um, how these different materials perform with specific types of rock and building up that database is, is really handy and useful and it's, it's a good reference point um, but yeah I, I like the fact that every outcome's a little bit of an unknown and, and, and the interpretation of that as well so I guess you could say the same for um, chemical compatibility of GCLs for example as well you're, you're hydrating and permeating a, a bentonite with a, a site specific leachate so it's not like a a standard index test where you might run a hydro hydraulic conductivity test with deionized water with a with a known source you, you can pretty much predict how, how that's going to perform but when you've got a specific liquor uh, or a specific leachate with a, a slightly different chemistry then yeah um, it, it's, it's really useful to be able to run these tests longer term as well so um, in a in a sort of commercial lab you you're, you're sort of limited to how many how long you can run tests for, it's all about sort of turning around tests and sort of putting numbers through and for example hydro hydraulic conductivity testing it, it you could you could get a hydraulic value of deionized water within say two weeks but what we're doing in sort of research is really push the boundaries and understand the, the long-term performance with specific leachate so pass many many pore volumes through and, and measure our chemical changes that occur over time and we've got tests that have been running for five, six, seven years now and, and it really gives you that um, good understanding of long-term durability performance of specific raw materials. That's, so, uh, that's perfect. So you, you sort of answered part of my next question actually about research and development. So yeah. basically from normal day-to-day -day testing of geosynthetic material yeah. in the R&D space, you basically want to push the boundaries. That's right. And you just mentioned about uh, the passion you had when you were working in the lab in yeah. the UK yeah. and this role here in Australia is more developed around uh, research yeah yeah so, so what why do you think research is important in geosynthetics generally and then tell us about what you do in the research development area yeah okay so obviously um, geosynthetics used in changing environments all the time they're always being pushed to um, exceed what what we expect of them so being able to understand how you can maybe tweak a formulation or um, uh, make some specific changes in a material to adapt it to a new application. I think that's really, uh, really interesting and important. So, a uh, good example, recent R and D I've been working on is um, exhumations. So obviously, you can learn a lot from exhumations. And um, one specific example has been some geosynthetic sand containers that have been exposed in, in Queensland, and, and these specific containers were used as groins and seawalls. Um, and they've been exposed for almost 20 years in situ so 
getting that data and understanding how they're performing at that time is, is really, really valuable, valuable information. So um, in the lab, you can obviously accelerate these tests to some degree. You can do accelerated UV aging. Um, you can do immersion testing for hydrolysis or oxidation type testing. But really those tests, those durability type tests are really um, uh, still limited by uh, a controlled method. The, 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 they're running specific cycles for a specific time period and set temperatures and it's, it's, it's still a controlled type test. So being able to take those exhumations and carry out tensile testing and look at things on a macro scale and then look at things on a micro scale, so how individual fibres have, have um, changed over that time period so um, we look at everything from how a single fiber is uh, subject to abrasion um, down to the, the stabilization levels in them you know yeah. we can learn a lot from uh, that specific site because again with site specific exhumations the, the testing is unique to that specific location so um, the temperatures fluctuate um, from from large ranges as, as days and seasons um, change and that you've got you've got wind to take into account and different types of moisture you've got coastal conditions inland dry conditions so you can really learn a lot about um, how to maybe extrapolate some of those accelerated lab-based tests to a um, real-life scenario I really enjoy being able to um, do those exhumations and gather that data and really see how material performs over over an in-situ lifespan of 20 plus years. Well, that's actually really interesting. Like you said, you know, we do a lot of accelerated testing in the labs to yeah. sort of predict what's going to happen to this yeah. material. But you've had the chance to exhume material right. out of the real condition and then see how they perform. And it might be interesting also to go back and see what the designer's expectation was that's 20 right. years ago. That's right. And, I mean, uh, compared with what is the current status of it. I mean, these, these particular structures are sometimes designed as temporary structures and then, right. and then you come to 20 years down the line and you still find they've got 75 plus percent retained of its original properties and it's really surprising yeah. how, how durable these materials can be. So uh, we're learning a lot from that and um, yeah, as I say, the big question at the minute, uh, a, a structure or a application, it needs to have a service life of maybe 25 or 50 or 100 right. years. So. You need a lot of data to be able to answer those questions. It's quite a difficult question yeah. to answer. Um, exactly. So the more of these type of exhumations we do, uh, yeah. a lot more that we can, we can learn about long-term durability, and especially in Australian conditions as well. It's, it's quite a uh, an aggressive environment. Exactly. Exactly. No, I think durability is a very hot topic, yeah. um, at least in our region, as you said. And um, yeah, it's very important that we do this research on, on the material, and we have this experience from. 20, 25 years ago that we can, we can now refer to. So, um, Ryan, my next question is about your um, current um, task or assignment or, um, or engagement with ASICS, uh, which is Australian chapter of uh, International Geosynthetic Society. So, you and I are now somehow colleagues and uh, yeah. we were in contact pretty regularly about different topics that um, we work together on the um, uh, like different events or communications and, and, and uh, uh, topics that um, Australian chapter is involved with. Mm. So tell us about um, what your sort of um, previous knowledge of that was and how do you see um, just the past couple of months of being uh, involved with this um, society? Yeah, so I've been quite fortunate to 
um, have exposures to the IGS from quite an early stage. So, um, as I said, I, I sort of started getting involved with Chelsea Synthetic straight away from 2007 and um, had the chance and attended the first, uh, my first Geosynthetic conference in 2008. So, that was the uh, Euro Geo 4, so the European, current, uh, European Conference on Geosynthetics. That was held in Edinburgh. Edinburgh. I think it was September 2008. And yeah, that was my first sort of. Um, sight of the, the outside world of geosynthetics, not yeah. just what, what's happening in the lab. So uh, it, it really opened my eyes as to um, so what, what else was going on internationally around, around the world. It was a really well-organized event and you sort of get good keynote speakers and the networking that takes place and um, sort of the, the dinners that are taking place. I remember going to Stirling Castle and having a nice haggis meal. It really sort of um, sort of uh, you know sets you up for, for, for what's to come and things to look forward to so that was my first sort of uh, interaction with the IGS in Edinburgh and then I was on holiday in Spain in 2012 and I was about two hours away from Valencia so I took a day trip up to Valencia and met a few people there so then sort of yeah uh, again similar to Euro, Euro Geo 4 and then and then again I had the opportunity in 2014 to attend the 10th um, international Conference on Geosynthetics in Berlin. Yep. So again, that was a huge, well-organized event and uh, international event this time. So there was everybody from around the world, Americas and Asias and everybody to Australia and everything in between. So um, again, um, just gave me more passion to uh, be involved with geosynthetics and, and see all the, the current work that's going on because you, you get to see other people's research and, and, and uh, things you're not always exposed to uh, in the lab so yeah and then I, I never really had the opportunity to get involved with the IGS in the UK so then when the opportunity arose here obviously um, yeah I'll take my time and I'll sure. apply and then yeah, here we are so yeah the past few months have been great I mean we're as you know we're, we're a very active chapter we've got lots of things going on and I'm quite excited for, for, for tasks and events that we've got planned for the future so I'm, I'm really happy I can be involved with that. Absolutely. No, that's that's great to have you as part of a team, and um, and, and we are all um, very passionate and, and excited about uh, the future um, yeah. of the society here. Mm. So, as my last question, um, Ryan, I just want to go back to your career again. Yeah. Um, so, when you look back, uh, I just did the math. So, eleven years back in the UK, three years here, fourteen years in the industry. Yeah. What do you think was your um, maybe highlights of your career, something that you always remember, something that's um, had a significant influence on you and your career? Um, I think most recently, um, being, being, having the opportunity to get involved in developing new products and, and um, taking that from an initial idea to then seeing that being fulfilled in, in a manufacturing facility. So um, I've had the opportunity to develop a new hybrid geosynthetic uh, liner that's going to be used for containing emerging contaminants so things such as PFAS that you see in the headline news and blockbuster films that are written about this um, I'm really quite proud to have been involved in that and sort of test the initial concept and look at different materials that could be used and then sort of come to a, an idea and then challenge that in the lab with different chemistries and liquors and see how that performs and then to be able to then uh, take that to an executive team and, and present our work and then get the, 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 the budget and the capital to then bring that to uh, to a manufacturing and bring that to the large scale. It's, it's been really uh, been 
I've really enjoyed that that process, and I hope um, yeah we can we can certainly do more of that and, and look at new geospaces for the future and, and solving uh, further further problems as they arise. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great achievement. Uh, you know, you, you you come from that uh, laboratory testing background and then focusing on research and development. So we always talk about research, and there's a lot of research happening in, in the geosynthetic world. Yeah. But that development part, which means the application part of the research, yeah. where you actually invent something new or improve something and come up with a new product, yeah. um, and you see that working is like you know watching, uh, you know, a, 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 like the birth of a new new product, and yeah, that's yeah. that's a massive achievement and uh, very uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. part of it. Yeah, really proud to be part of that. So yeah, perfect, perfect. Very good. Um, thanks, Ryan. Uh, that's what we have time for today. So um, uh, thank you to my audience and um, uh, for watching this episode and we catch you in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.